All right, good morning. Okay, so the game plan is we're going to talk about how to get unstuck, unstuck 2021. Who's with me? Yeah, let's get unstuck. Now, boy, we get stuck in a lot of different ways, and we're going we're gonna to kind of weave our way through some of the different ways that we get stuck, but um, sometimes we get stuck emotionally, you know? You just get in the, I call it getting in a head, but anybody know what I'm talking about there? You just get in the mood. Um, sometimes they, it's weird, but you can be, you know, you can get in a mood, a bad mood that lasts like a half hour, but you can get in a bad mood that lasts a half of a year. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's just, people get stuck. We all do. We just get stuck. Um, sometimes we get stuck in our job situation. Sometimes we get stuck in our personal habits. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but sometimes we just have habits and we think, I gotta just, I just gotta fix some of those. Um, sometimes we get stuck, we're trying to help our kids and feel stuck. Or you're trying to help your family and you feel caught. Anybody ever feel caught between, if I do this, it's kind of got some bad concept, and if I do this, it's got some bad vibes to it. And we're gonna, what we're gonna do I'm also gonna to try to teach and work through the life of Abraham. And so, I don't know if it's gonna work, but hang around for a couple of Sundays. Who's with me so far? All right, so some of you, you know a lot of these Bible stories and some of you have not learned them yet or not well. So, is it okay if I repeat for those of you that have and, and we're gonna go through Abraham's life. Um, the other thing that I wanna do, and I have no idea how successful this will be, but I'm going to try to address some of the things that are going on. Okay, there we go. That'll probably be where it falls apart, but anyhow, this is what I'm gonna to try to do. I'm gonna to try to get us unstuck because, you know, the stuckness is bigger as well. And I think there's something to say about it. We get stuck financially um, and we get stuck spiritually in our own personal growth. You just get stuck, you get to a place and you either you think you've arrived or you, 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 you just, and, and sometimes the, the problem at this one, I love, can you guys put poo back up there? I don't know if you can, but I love the poo one because um, sometimes it's obvious when you're stuck, you know? You're stuck and, but sometimes you don't know that you're stuck, you can't see it. No, okay, never mind. I didn't mean to offend anybody. All right, um, Genesis, Genesis 12, let's, read a few verses here together. Um, the Lord said, this is verse one, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. Genesis 12, one, or Genesis 12, two. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So let's review, just because we're gonna learn as we go. Um, <clears throat> Abraham gets his calling to greatness. He gets a calling to greatness. I believe God puts a calling for everyone to greatness. I really do. God made you to be great. And I wanna define what that means in the biggest sense of the word, great. Um, greatness that can include making others great. Not greatness that excludes making others great. There's the key. 
If you follow this calling, this is so rich. As I said last week, this section is repeated five different times throughout the scriptures because it's a focal point. This was um, a massive wake-up call. And it took a long time for people to catch on to this idea. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to bless you. And you are going to be a blessing. Let's say it together. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. It took a long time for that to catch on. A lot of times what people hear is the first half. I'm going to bless you. And we repeat that over and over and over again. And that's why it's dangerous when you're cutting up little sections to put on your fridge. Nothing wrong with it. But if you miss the con, I'm going to bless you and you are going to what? Be a blessing. You tie them together and, you, and then you have something about what this is about. I'm going to make you great and I'm going to make you a father of a nation. And so what we learned was he was called, but he got stuck. He got stuck. His dad, Tara, they leave Ur. Um, go watch last week. I don't have time to review Ur, but I mean, unbelievable, right? Um, technology and wealth. And in those days, it was, it was the top of the food chain, right? Ur. And so we don't know anything about it. Today doesn't mean anything. We just passed right through it. But um, I, I spent a lot of time last week talking about this. Did you know at the, those ziggurats that they, they make, these towers that reflect the Tower of Babel, which is in the 11th chapter, they found at the base of one of these built with 7 million bricks. We're not talking about like a couple of old farmers bumping into each other. When he said leave or leave everything that's stable and good and well-known in your life, and I'm going to take you to something better, which is a problem. A lot of us have a time, tough time. We're stuck because we're stuck on good, and God wants to get you to better. Are you hearing me? This is so, this is huge. Stuck on good, and God wants to get you to better. And so his dad takes the, dad loses one of the sons, and, and so Abram, and he takes the nephew Lot. Abram loses his brother, and Abram doesn't have any children, so he takes his brother's boy, his name's Lot. And they go to Haran. Let's say it together, one, two, three, Haran, all right? Caught in the middle. I think, do we have a graphic of it? We may be able to put it up there, and we'll show you the journey. But he leaves Ur, he gets stuck in Haran, but he's supposed to go to Canaan. And he needed to make the first step. Ta-da! Oh, the technology. Huh? Anyway, you got it? So here's Ur, you got it? And he goes up with his father, and they stop in Haran. Now, where are they? They're halfway. They're stuck in the middle. Um, one writer said it this way. Haran is the San Francisco of Ur being the New York. It's like the sister city. They, they worship the moon god there. There's all these similarities as historians have done. But it's a greater point here. He hasn't quite, he, he's, he's gone, but he hasn't gone anywhere. He's stuck. He can go back or he can go into the great unknown. Canaan. This is about his journey to make the step forward. And last week, what we talked about is you have to make a step. You just have to start. 
You know, every great journey starts with a step. Just make the step. Load up the family, load up the possessions, load up the donkey, load it up and make the first step. That's what we talked about. Today, I want to talk about not just making a step, but making a sacrifice. A sacrifice. So it goes on, and Abram leaves. He takes Lot with him. He's 75 years old when he sets out from Haran. Verse 5. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and all the people they had acquired, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh in Shechem. Now, these don't mean anything to you at this time, but as the story goes on, these things can take on meaning, okay? So don't dismiss them all. And then it says, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there. He built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. What you're going to notice over and over again is Abram is always building altars. Two verses later, he builds an altar again. He builds an altar again. So let's just talk about this. Before you dismiss all of this as, oh, this is just a bunch of uh, ancient insanity, perhaps there's something of the subconscious that knows that this is bigger than me. Maybe they didn't have it all figured out, but they had some level of knowledge that the divine brought me here. This is bigger than me. This isn't just my ingenuity or my thoughts. And so they built an altar. And what they did with an altar was, it was a place to make a sacrifice. Now, we don't do that today, but let's talk about the word sacrifice itself. Let's think about what sacrificing is and what it isn't. Because perhaps the key, perhaps the key to your life, to my life, is understanding the importance of sacrifice. I'll give you my little homemade definition. Sacrifice is giving up something of value to you so you can have something of greater value later. Giving up something of value to you so you can have something of greater value later. That's kind of what they did. Somehow, Abram thought that he's got an animal. The animals are very valuable to them. You don't want to give that animal up. But he's literally giving this animal up in the belief that something better is going to happen to him. And so, modern-day sacrifice, if you want to get anywhere in life, if you are a farmer and you have a seed, you have to give up the seed and wait. Are you with me? You can eat the seed, but if you give up the seed, you can wait and have a lot more seeds later. Sacrifice. When you're mature, it's easy. It becomes a no-brainer. Of course I got to sacrifice. Of course I have to save some seeds. Of course I have to put some aside. That's just how it works. But when you're immature and you don't have patience, you can't. You have to consume everything. And so this idea of sacrifice is, is antiquated, but it's also wise at its foundational core. There's something about sacrifice, giving something of value up. I mean, we know this. 
because we all, by now, have broken our New Year's eating resolutions. Go ahead, free confession. I mean, we said, I'm going to give up eating Oreo cookies, right? And then for that exchange, I am going to have a more physically fit, whatever the thing is. Are you with me? I'm going to sacrifice. Or um, I like to sit and veg and watch TV, but I'm going to go downstairs and run on the treadmill. I'm going to unearth all of the dirty clothes off of it, and I'm going to use, I'm going to give up that time, and I'm going to get a return on that time. It's sacrifice. It's, it's every, I, um, I have some money in my pocket, and I really want to get this shirt, but I'm going to wait, because I think it might go on sale, and I'm going to, instead, I'm going to give some money to my savings account. Crazy idea. I mean, these, these are like three generations old, but let me just throw it out there. Kind of funny and kind of not, right? I'm going to put some in a savings account for a rainy day, right? And then I'll wait and I'll wait and I'll wait. Oh, there you go. It's on sale, right? Now, Later in life, I didn't use that. It's going to what? It's going to be there for me. It's going to pay me back. It, it's sacrifice is throughout. Some words that go with sacrifice. Patience. Hmm? Charlie has zero patience. Zero. She's two years old. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Zero. So for breakfast, what do you want? Waffles. We don't have any waffles. She said, don't worry, Dad. I'll sit here quietly. You can run to the store. Take your time. Right? No, I want it, and I want it what? Now, now, now. So this morning, I masqueraded the waffles the best that I could in the form of pancakes, right? Because she's used to pulling them out of the freezer and putting them in the toaster, and they're instant. And this takes a lot longer. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? And she's pounding on things and dropping things off of her chair. And, and it's getting tense in the kitchen. I want it. I want it right. What? Sacrifice has to do with patience. Every great sports team knows this. Be patient. Do the, do the, do the right stuff. Every great business knows this. Do the right stuff. Do the right stuff. Be patient. Be patient and you'll get the right outcome. Patience and sacrifice go together. Wisdom is another key part of sacrifice. Wisdom. You know, I would like to just consume and consume and consume, but what, what, what's Abraham doing over there? He's building an altar. What for? So we can lose some of our profits. So he can take away some of the stuff we've worked hard for. But wise people see it differently. You understand what I'm saying? Wise people see this differently. Uh, sacrifice means doing without for a while. Doing without for a while. Who here has ever done without for a while? 
Now think about those days or years. What was it? Was it making a bookshelf out of like plank boards and cinder blocks? Who's ever made one of those before? Oh, I got some friends. Huh? Cinder blocks? Turn them up. Who, who's ever slept on a couch for a long time because they didn't have a bed? Who is, so you can go through the list of things like we're just going to do without for a while. It would be nice to have this. It should be good to have this, but I'm going to do it without for a while. Um, who's ever done without getting your way for a while? I mean, if you have any kind of relationship around you, you, you please should have your hand up at some point. You just, it's like, I, I, no, I don't want it. I don't want it this way. But I, but I want this relationship, so I'm going to sacrifice getting what I want, where I want, how I want it. And I'm just going to do without. And these all go with what sacrifice is all about. Sacrifice is also about trust or faith. Trust. And all these guys are mocking Abram for doing this altar and the sacrifice. What is he doing over there? I mean, we got to think, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Because I, I believe in this. I believe in this. You know, some people think you're crazy. What are you doing? I trust. I, I trust. This sacrifice can work in so many areas of our lives. As Abram, uh, Abram pioneered, it works in finances, it works in physical health, it works in relationships, it works on a greater scale in politics, it works in business, it just works. Patience, doing without, faith, trust. So Abram's calling. God says to him, um, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So let's just talk about getting unstuck. First and foremost, you have to believe that you can have a better future. You can. God says, I'm going to make you great. Wonder how he took this. What? Me? I, I, never, I never thought about that. But he seems to have stepped forward. He left his old comforts behind. He could start to feel God's calling in his voice. People ask me all the time, well, how do I know what that is? And I, I just, I just wouldn't want to tread there, that sacred ground, you know? That's you and God. That's the Spirit. It's here. Once you start to get in sync with God, you start to find that these, these things start to flow easier. You can hear the voice. I think perhaps one of the things that we're dealing with a lot in our world and our culture and us personally is we're listening to a lot of voices, but we aren't listening to the voice. The voice. I heard one guy talking about this story, and he brought up this, the story of Pinocchio. And, you know, the little cricket? 
And, and it, this is, he said, this is, obviously these guys wrote highly symbolic, highly metaphorical stories because they last through generations. He goes, the cricket, that's the still small voice. The key to it all is hearing the voice. Anybody can hear voices. Anybody can hear noise. Anybody can tune into the chatter that's everywhere. But can you hear the voice? Because what Abram did was radically different. And I don't know if you understand this part of the story. Because he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. And all the nations on the earth will be blessed through you. This was new. This was new because back in that day, all you did was care about your team, your tribe, and your nation. And it was kill or be killed. That's all anyone heard. That's the voice anybody heard. Kill or be killed. So when someone shows up, now you look back years later and you heard this in Sunday school, or maybe you just heard it because you've been around church or Christianity, and you go, yeah, of course, God set up. No, no, no. When, when Abram heard these words, he went, what? My nation will be a blessing nation? The purpose of my nation will not be to kill or destroy, but the purpose of my nation will be to bless others. That's not going to work. That's not how it works. You have to fight back. You have to kill and be killed. That's how it works. We, get, we need to be a strong. We need to. And I'm going to bless? This was a. If you've read the Bible ever or skimmed it, this is the story of the entire Bible, trying to understand that verse, that idea. That the whole reason they were blessed, the whole reason that you're chosen, the whole reason that God has his favor on you, the whole reason for any goodness in your life is so that it can go through you. Not that you're special at the expense of someone else, but that God's blessed you to be a blessing. This was a new idea. To bless, not to battle. An idea that takes a long time to catch on. Because it was so easy for people a thousand years ago, as it is today, to quote the first half. God just wants to bless me. I'm special. My team is special. But God said, I want to bless through you. Don't you see how this could help nations get unstuck? A little, is there a little crack in your brain I could just find a little, little place in there? Uh, is there a little sliver in your heart where I could talk to you right now? Don't you see how this could, this could change how we do everything? That the very purpose of God's blessing is to bless through us. So, um, now, once he has this radically new idea. Abram builds it all. He's, he sacrifices towards that idea. If you're ever going to have a better future, you have to sacrifice towards it. Everybody knows this, right? Everybody knows this. Uh, I, I'm going to have to live in a smaller house. I'm going to have to work two jobs. I'm going to have, you know, just the list goes on and on and on and on. This week I was going through, rummaging through, I moved in my office and so rummaging through some things to decide what things I could throw out and I found an old piece of paper with a, a letterhead on it and it was the, 
It was the pad that I used at the desk I sat at at the funeral home in college. Reagan Themey Funeral Home, there it was. Like, wow, this is a blast from the past. And I just started to go to memory lane like, man, I'm really glad I don't wake up in the middle of the night and pick up dead bodies anymore. But I did. But I did. Because I saw a better future. I thought if I could get through college, you know, if I could, if I could do that, then I could do this, and then I could do this. But to get there, I'm going to have to give up this. To get there, I'm going to have to give up this. Sacrifice is deeply embedded in everything that you want for progress in your life and progress for our lives. Sacrifice. Hmm. Which brings us to moving from me to we. That's what this passage is about. That's what spiritual growth is about. It's about moving from me to we. So let me wade into dangerous territory for a minute. Talk about what's going on in our nation, if you're watching from the US. But I know you're watching us if you're watching from somewhere. First thing that has to happen, the language has to move from me to we. And when you say we, we needs to mean all of us, we. See, the very first problem that you have is when you start to say they, those, them, and us. Or we means half of the country, or we means a third of the country, or we means the people that look like you, or the people that voted like you, or we means the we always has to be this. It's the first place you start. I know that's already mind blowing for some of you, and you can't, you don't even want to hear the rest of the service. But think about Abram when he said, I'm going to bless the whole the whole earth. That's one big we, isn't it? You can't get anywhere if you don't talk about we. It's not about winning versus losing. Abraham, Abraham was the, the beginning of the beginning of the beginning of one of the great business practices of today, modern era. You don't think win-lose, you think win Two of you read a business book recently, okay? Win-win. How can we both win? How can we both win? This is as old as Abram. The idea is you're going to have to sacrifice. Should I go back to the definition? Giving up something of value. I'm not giving up anything. The non-starter. I gotta give something up. I gotta give up something. I gotta not get what I want right now so that we can all get something better. What people would like me to do is to pick a side and demonize the other side and then you guys can all rally around me and then half of you can leave and half of you can love. That's, that's, I don't think that's what God's calling us. God's calling is, you step back, you surrender. What did, how did Jesus approach it all? Sacrifice. Sacrifice is also painful. It's painful. Do you know how the New Testament deals with all the image of sacrifice? Maybe in one way. Paul, Romans chapter 12. Right? Offer yourselves to God 
as a living sacrifice. That your whole life is a sacrifice. Better to have you alive, a living sacrifice though, right? Where you can use your hands, you can use your back, you can use your brains, you can use it all. But it's all surrendered. It's all surrendered to God. So Abram built an altar. If we're going to get unstuck, we have to sacrifice. We have to start talking about we. And when we say we, it doesn't mean my team. We means all of us. I, I know if we did survey here, you, people would say, you know, someone that I disagree with about some certain thing politically, but I love them, or they're a part of my family. We, we have to see all of us as family. And we have to find a way that by giving, by sacrificing, we move forward. All of Abram's family and friends, they could have been making fun of him. He's always stopped. Now he made another altar. Now he made another one. Let me read on. From there he went on towards the hills of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel. And then it says, there he built an altar to the Lord. He had this habit. And I think the key to going forward to getting unstuck is in sacrifice. Isn't just giving up. But no one likes to give up. No one likes to let go. So, um, the other day we're taking Charlie to school and we're trying to figure out how to make it the best drop-off possible. How will she happily go to school? No crying, no leaving mom and dad with all kinds of guilt feelings for the first three hours of our day, right? And lately we realize if she takes something with her, just take a little something. So the other day, it was a balloon and a book. And it's a balloon and a book and a backpack. And a balloon and a book and a backpack and a refrigerator. I mean, you know, she, she wants to, now, it's like this, we walk in, I'm like, Charlie, you can't take, but try to take something out of her hands. It's brutal. It's just brutal. This is how we are. To pry something out of our hands, some power some prestige, some sense that we were right. We don't like anything pride from us. We have to rise above to the level of sacrifice where we let go. A lot of people have said to me, man, Chris, it's bad out there. It's just going down. No, 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 I say, it's going up. It's bumpy. Rocky, you're in the middle. That happens. All progress is bumpy. It's going up. God's taking this plan somewhere good. Romans 8, 22, what does it say? It's all groaning. The whole thing's groaning. It's like a childbirth. Labor pains. Huh? We're having one big contraction. I'm quoting from the Bible, people. You know, 8, 8.22, read it. There's these groans. It's like, but something good's coming. Hang in there. Something good's coming. God knows what he's doing. Don't buy into this. I mean, someone came to me. I mean, I understand it because a lot of you have come to me. But isn't it all falling apart? No, don't buy into that. That's the fear, the fear machine. 
Aren't we people of faith? That's just some things are bad, things are confusing, things we need to stand up for, things we need to talk about, things we need to discuss, things we need to get to the bottom of, all, all. But boy, faith, hope, and what? Trust. And look, we sacrifice. Now, we want to unstick, we want to unstick Abram, and I want to unstick you, your life, and mine. But just remember this. It can be better for lots of people, not just better for you. Just remember that. It can be better for lots of people, not just you. I think one of the things, one of the lies that people buy is that blessing is mutually exclusive. If you get blessed, then these people aren't. If you're blessed, this is, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. The move from me to we is that we see everything as a united whole. We. I'm going to bless you. You will be a blessing. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Last thing I'll say about sacrifice is this. Something has to bring you to your knees in life. Alter, I mean, I don't know, but I, like the, the church I went to when I was a teenager, they had what, like a kneeling rail they called an altar. Does anybody grow up in one of those? Lord, all right. So they call it an altar. That's a reflection of a 3,000-year-old, 4,000-year-old idea. But you're like putting yourself there. You never knew that. You just thought you needed more padding on the knees. We like to make our altars as comfortable as possible these days. And we missed the whole metaphor, didn't we? You're putting yourself there. Something has to be bigger than you. And something has to be bigger than your team. And something has to be bigger than your idea. It has to. Something has to create a sense of awe. That's where all good progress starts. That's where you get unstuck. I mean, the best is yet to come. Abram's got so many problems. He's going to make so many mistakes. I mean, he's going to get in some jams like you, you wouldn't believe. I mean, trust me, stay for three weeks. All the soap operas you've been watching, nothing compared to what this guy's doing. Nothing. He's in some sticky stuff. But it begins with a sense of awe. That's where you start. Because when you're here, you know, when you're kneeling and when you're in, you're in a sense of awe, when you invite God, then the potential is so much bigger than when you're stuck with you and your ideas and your ways. This opened up Abram. As, he's gonna, as you're going to see in the future, to the, the heavens. Over and over, he says, look at the heavens. Look at the stars. And getting unstuck is, is about moving your, the focus of your life from yourself to the heavens. Huh? You can do it. You can do it. 
if you, if you feel the same old, same old, same old, same old feelings, same old this, same old hatred, same old, then it's time to get unstuck. It's just time. And, and change the gaze, change the focus, put your knee down, get on the altar self. right? Don't make it so comfortable. So cut all the padding off of those altars. I mean, the whole idea is that it's uncomfortable. It's just a food for thought. Let's stand and have a closing prayer. God, today, give us grace. Give us grace. Move us forward. Just like you were moving Abram forward. You were moving humanity forward. Getting everyone unstuck. But God, we go forward and then we fall back and we go forward and we fall back. But help us to hear the voice. The still voice, the small voice, the quiet voice on the inside. And make the step forward the destiny to the better future that you have for us, not just personally, yes, personally, but also collectively a better future, where we care about every part, where we see ourselves as a whole. And God, give us the grace to sacrifice, to give up something, something that means something to us so that we can all have something greater. In Christ's name.